0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. So glad you are here. Man, it is... I wake up on Sunday morning, it literally feels like Christmas morning every Sunday morning, and I get to enjoy Christmas morning with you here this morning today really the sense of it, the feeling of anticipation, the excitement of what uh, God is doing. So thank you so much for being here, and I trust that God is already stirring in your hearts. Well, we are on our very first message of our new series called Fresh Start, but first of all, I just want to encourage you guys on your 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you are joining us on this, I know we are on day seven. Eight, actually, and I uh, want to make sure that you guys are doing all right. You doing all right? All right. I, I trust that you are encountering not only a greater fullness of God in your life, but you're overcoming those temptations. I was tempted Friday night. You know, Friday nights, you kind of get in those Friday night rhythms and routines, and it's like, I, I couldn't do certain things I normally do Friday night. And because of this fast, I was like, ah, And I I said, you know what, that's the very reason that you're supposed to press in and pray during those times. And I've felt God getting closer to me. Well, really, he's always close. It's me getting closer to him. So this is good. So keep on keeping on. Well, I want to let you know that today we're going to be talking about New Year's resolution lies and um, the problem with self-help and self-discipline. There's a problem with those things. And it's tied to New Year's resolutions because so many New Year's resolutions require us to be more self-disciplined. And we want to kind of go through and get in our lives a little better, so there's some self-help. But I'm telling you, there's a lie and there's a trap in all of that, and we're going to uncover that today. Today, we're going to be talking about um, a little bit of the story of Gideon, Gideon in the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, take a moment and open up to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Um, and while you're doing that, if you're a note taker, um, I want to just repeat that title again, New Year's Resolution Lies. And as you're looking up in Judges chapter 6, as in the Old Testament, I want to give you some statistics. So here's some New Year's Resolution statistics. 38% is the percentage of Americans who absolutely never make New Year's resolutions, 38%. You know why they do that? It's because they don't, they don't keep them. And so why bother make one if you're not going to keep it? So 38% finally got to the picture and said, you know what, I'm not going to make them because I don't keep them. Well, 8%. The percentage of people who are successful in achieving their resolution, 8%. That's less than 10%. Uh, so if you have 100 people, only 8 people have actually made it. Well, here we go. Percentage of who have infrequent success, that's 49%. And the percent of who never succeed or fail in their resolution each year is 24%. So moderate success and failure, they're over 50%. So uh, there's a problem with New Year's resolutions. We already know that. There's a problem with them. And, um, and so today, we're going to address this, and Gideon gives us a little bit of an insight to that. Well, I wonder, though, if our, our problem with why New Year's resolutions fail is because so much of it is based and rooted in our ability. Our ability. Self-help and self-discipline has the word Self, which is really about us. And I wonder also if our, our self discipline and our self help is trying to address things that are surface things. You know, what are the typical things that we want to address on New Year's uh, resolutions? We want to eat better. We want to exercise more. We want to cut out some bad habits. We want to get healthier. We want to stop doing things that we know are probably not best for us. But again, we have self-help, self-discipline, going after things that really are the surface issues. In reality, maybe there's some deeper root issues, and we're wondering where all of these things accumulate in our lives, whether we drink too much or we smoke or we do drugs or we have, you know over-the-counter drugs, whatever those things are. Maybe you're watching certain things you shouldn't be watching, and you're you're wondering why it is that, that we have to try to address these things in our lives. And then when we try to address them, we're dealing with it on the self level, and then we wonder why we fail at being successful to accomplish the things of ridding them from our life. So in Judges chapter 6, we have a story about Gideon. Well, this, during this account, you have to understand where this takes place in the context of the, the children of Israel, the Israelites' journey. They have been set free from their captivity in Egypt. They have now gone into the promised land, and they're at this time that God has spoken promises to them, Promises of prosperity, promises of good. But for them to accomplish those things, to live that life, they had to overcome the enemy. Picking up in Judges chapter 6, what happens here in this story is we find Gideon, who is hiding in a wine press. Now, a wine press back in the day was typically an area that was cut out of stone, usually a stone ledge, and they would cut out the stone and they would pile the grapes in here. Um, And it's not like a structure that's built up. They cut it into the ground and then they'd have little ports for the juice to run out. And here's Gideon hiding in the wine press, threshing his wheat, So there's a couple problems already here. One, Gideon's hiding. He's doing something in secret. Number two, he's in a wine press that should be for grapes, and he's threshing wheat. Back in the day, that's not where you threshed wheat. You'd be in a wide open place to thresh wheat. But he was afraid. We sang a lot about that this morning. The fear. And that how God wants to come into our lives and overcome fear. So why is Gideon in a wine press threshing wheat and why is he afraid? It's because the Midianites every year for 7 years right when the Israelites harvest is getting ready to come to be able to harvest it they come in with their droves of camels and their livestock and they decimate their crops. And they do that to continue to oppress and suppress the Israelites from being prosperous. How do you want to keep somebody from prospering? You take away their food supply. And so for seven years the scripture tells us in Judges chapter 6. These Midianites come and they say it's like locusts. You can picture this. These, all this livestock, the camels come in and they just trample all of their harvest. So here we have Gideon who is fearful of the Midianites, who is trying to eke out a living by gathering whatever wheat he can and threshing it out, hiding in the winepress. And I want to read you this scripture. I'm going to start in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. So, was Gideon acting quite valoristic at that point? There's no such word, I don't think. But while he's hiding and afraid in a wine press, is he acting with great courage? No, but yet this angel calls him a man of valor, which is interesting. Think about your life right now, and if you have things in your life that you are afraid of, things that you have not been able to accomplish, rid out of your life. Then this new year, you were saying, hey, I want to get rid of these things. I want to improve in these areas. And and yet you have in the past not been victorious. I believe that God is telling you, like he told Gideon, that you are something so much more spectacular than you think you are. And he says... The angel of the Lord, which would be Jesus, says to him, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, By the way, he's not going to be British, but I'm going to use this accent here just because I think it's suiting for this. Oh, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, then, then why has this happened to us? It just kind of fits, you know, in more of this... Kind of like, oh, whiny. Not that the British are whiny by any means, but I have just completely offended anybody who has come from British roots there. But. And where are all these wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us to the hand of Midian. He starts to kind of grovel a little bit. Forgetting the fact that God actually said he gave him promises and yet for seven years they allowed the Midianites to come and destroy the promises that God had for them. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian, do not I send you. So here is Gideon, hiding in a winepress, threshing his wheat, groveling at the fact that the Midianites have, have, have destroyed their crops, they were, Israel's no longer strong, and he says, can, can I just tap you on the shoulder for a moment, Gideon, and remind you of the promises that that I've spoken over your life. In church, I think for us, we need to hear this because these New Year's resolution lies happen because we have felt so defeated for so long that we feel like we can't overcome those things in our life that continue to rob us. And for whatever reason, we find ourselves workaholics, alcoholics, Drug addicts, media addicts, why? Because we have stopped dreaming the dream that God has placed in your life. And for some reason, like the Midianites who have come and destroyed the crops and you hide in fear, the enemy has come and, and pounded on you for year after year and saying, you do not measure up you can't accomplish it. There is no possibility that dream's going to happen in your life. And I'm here to tell you that the enemy's wrong. But we need to reorient ourselves to forget self-help and self-discipline. Now, not completely disregard it because actually in 1st Timothy it says this, 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. Paul says this, For while bodily training is of some value, in other words, self-discipline has some good, godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So I'm not saying disregard self-discipline and self-restraint. But what I am saying is, if you just rely on yourself, you're going to fail. You do not have enough in yourself to overcome. But what I'm here to tell you, it's not you, it's God with you. It's not you alone, but it's God with you. You see, when... The angel of the Lord came to Gideon. He began to remind him that, Hello, Gideon, you have allowed fear to rule your life, and you've stopped going after the promises. And you've allowed the Midianites, you've allowed the enemy to trample your dreams for seven years. And he says, Enough's enough. Can I remind you that you are a man of valor? Can I remind you of the promises that I've placed in your life? It's time to stop hiding. Now, the interesting thing with that, though, is that means he's going to have have to do something about that. And he's going to have to stop doing the surface things. And he's going to have to stop living in fear. I will tell you what, church. The enemy loves to keep us afraid. And as long as we're functioning in fear, then we find ways to kind of just get by. You see, Gideon was just getting by. If I could just eke out enough grain that I can at least get through one year, but i got to hide out. i got to do things in secret. How many things are you doing in secret that you're hiding out, that you're kind of doing it just to get by? Now, see, the threshing of the grain was to be out in these wide open places where you could do this together with a group of people and and there'd be never any fear. But prosperity of the, the the fields of grain coming in and great joy and dancing while the harvest is being taken. And that's what I want for us, church, that we come together with great dancing and realizing that, by the way, 2016 is going to be a year of growth, which is... G-R-O-W, God revealing opportunities to wow us. God revealing opportunities to wow us. And and so the wow can be, what would happen if I chose to live my life this year, not afraid? What would happen? And what would happen if we started identifying the roots of these things as opposed to trying to deal with them on superficial self-discipline and self-help? But instead, it's not, it's not me, it's God and I. And it's not you, it's God and you. And we start partnering with God and he's going to start addressing these root things in our life. And he's going to start saying, hey, guess what? We're going to kick the enemy out and we're going to allow your life to prosper again. Anybody like that? Yeah. I like that. But here's what it's going to take. It's going to take for you to step away from the wine press and for you to press into God. You have to step away from the wine press and you've got to press into God. See, the wine press keeps you isolated in a dark little corner. It keeps you buried and hidden. And he's saying, no, 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 it's time to get out of the wine press. But for us to accomplish this, it can't be on your own. You'll be taken out. You won't be able to do it. But you can do it with the help of God. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to partner with you to accomplish the dreams that he's placed inside of you. Each one of you, I know, have had dreams. You begin to say, what could my life look like? And then year after year, when that dream doesn't take place, you start to see... Well, maybe my life really isn't going to amount to the thing that I thought it would. But God is reminding us that this year, when we start talking about fresh starts and new beginnings, what a great place to start is to say we are no longer going to be in the wine press. But we're going to press into God because it's, I don't want to do it on my own. And I can't. I need to do it in partnership with God. We're going to take the story of Gideon over the next several weeks, and we're going to unfold this story as it relates to this whole idea of fresh starts and new beginnings. This is part one of a four-part series that you're not going to want to miss week after week. And if you have friends here that normally go to church, and if you have friends that aren't in church yet, you you want to bring them. Because what we're going to be talking about allows people to understand the power of Jesus and the power of his word and what he wants to do in your life. Now, just in case you're wondering, well, self-discipline, self-help, come on. There, there's got to be Something to that. Well, there might be something as I read in 1st Timothy, but let me give you a a little study that I found in 1999 There was a study done of the comparison treatment of the effectiveness of drug and alcohol treatments between Teen Challenge and Just a regular secular uh, drug um, and alcohol treatment center This is what they found in the study What the Teen Challenge respondents said about their program, what was positive, what was helpful, and what worked. The top of their list with a 35% percentage was the, the most helpful thing for them was understanding their relationship with Jesus Christ and God, number one. Down from that, number two at 31 was schooling, teaching, or the Bible, the Word of God, had more power in their life. The reason I'm going to go through this list because we're going to come down to self-discipline here in a moment. Advisor, staff, love and encouragement, 24%. Fellowship, unity, friends, living with others, 24%. I realize we've got to do this together. You can't do it in isolation. Then we go down the list. Seeing lives changed, only 11%. Here we go. You, self-motivation and self-discipline, only 11%. So, so here you have people who have, have vices in their life, and they're saying that the number one thing that helped them get set free and to overcome was not their self-discipline, but it was realizing their partnership with Jesus Christ. All right, so that's good. So let me just tell you this. The other thing, post-treatment cravings of alcohol and drugs, the percent answering yes to the question, during the last six months, have you had problems with craving alcohol and drugs? So they compared it between Teen Challenge. By the way, Teen Challenge is a Christ-centered drug and alcohol rehab for teens and adults. So between Teen Challenge and the comparison group, those who had cravings, problems with cravings of drugs and alcohol. Teen Challenge, they had 14% said yes. Comparison group to the secular group, 30%. Between 14 to 30, almost double. Now with drugs, Teen Challenge, 19%. With a comparison group, 35%. So here's some actual facts. They're saying, well, is it Are you just saying I don't need self-discipline? Yes, have self-discipline. But I am saying statistically the results are if you have things in your life that you want to get rid of this year, let Jesus point out some roots in your life. Let Jesus come in and you partner with him. But that means you're going to have to press in. It means you're going to have to get out of the wine press and press into God. So some tools for that. Obviously, 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great way. If, if you haven't joined us on that, just start now. And we're going to finish with a night of worship on that Sunday, um, coming up at the end of the 21 days. So if you are, haven't done prayer and fasting before, start today. The other thing is I let you know last week, but a lot of you were still recovering from the New Year's parties last week. But we talked about journaling journaling through god's word we have journals for you it's a great way to understand how to apply god's word to your life there's a reading in the front it tells you how to do it using the soap method scripture observation application prayer we have those for sale at the info hub the other thing that i would say is we've got to be in community we say that this year we you got to be in the row You've got to be in the circle. You have to be in the seat. What that means is the row is Sunday morning. You're in a row right here. Thank you for being in the row today. But then you need to be in the circle, which means you're in a group. Our life group launch. If you're currently not in a life group, that's your time to get into a life group. And that's going to be on the fifth, Super Bowl Sunday. You can't miss it. You'll remember that one. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get you plugged in. Because... When we unfold this story about getting a little bit further, we realize that it's going to take doing life together to accomplish the the dreams that God has in us, to get out of the wine press and press into God. And then in the seat is your personal devotional time. Pick your favorite chair in your house and make that your devotional. You and God time. You and God time. And so that journaling time is going to be great for you, um, or pick some other way to, to get through the Bible and pray, because we are going to grow together as a church this year. Thank you. We're going to grow together as a church this year, and it's going to be, it's going to be God doing some spectacular things in your life. See, that's when Pastor Ritchie said, hey, if we can't handle external change, how in the world are we going to handle the change that God wants to do in our internal world? Because there are so many things in our life, myself included, that God is still working on. And he's saying, hey, hey, hey you know what? You're trying to cope with stress this way. Why don't you let me do a work in the deep parts of your life so you don't even have to have stress in the first place? Hey, you got so much fear. By the way, I think so much of this is wrapped in fear. I really do. And I think that story of Gideon is, is so important. That the enemy was able to trample their prosperity for seven years. And why? It wasn't that they couldn't overtake the Midianites. God already promised it. It was they were afraid to respond to the promise of God. Did you catch that? They were afraid to respond to the promise of God. God has such great things in store for you and we've got to battle the fear. We've got to battle the fear. I think for too long we've settled, maybe. I think we've filled our lives with a bunch of distractions, quite possibly. But God is reminding us that he has... A plan, a purpose, and a dream in your life that He wants to come to fruition, but you've got to battle the enemy of fear. You've got to battle it. But it does mean you've got to realize you cannot do it on your own, but you can do it in partnership with God and with one another. So this morning, as we close, I want us to. Respond this way. We're going to sing this song. And as God speaks to you about fear, I would ask that you would respond and just make this an altar this morning. That you would say, I'm going to be willing to get out of the wine press and I want to make a commitment to press into God. And by you getting out of your seats and coming up here, you can kneel or you can sit or you can stand, whatever it is. It's, it's an acknowledgement of saying, I'm no longer going to be a captive to fear. I no longer have to just do these things in hiding any longer. But I'm going to get out of the wine press. I'm going to press into God, and I'm going to start living the victorious life that I've been designed to live. All right? Let's pray for us, and then we'll pray, and then Pastor Richie you can lead us into this time. Father, I am so grateful for who you are. that your promises are yes and amen. But God, we tend to be the ones that can shy away because fear has gripped us. But when we see what the enemy has done to steal from us, we just want to say sorry, that we've, Jesus, that we've allowed fear to grip us. Jesus, we want to commit that we're going to get out of the wine press this year and we're going to press into you. I'm mindful that there might be somebody here that doesn't already have a relationship with Jesus and I just want to take a moment and introduce you to him and give you an opportunity to receive him in your life. If that's you, you can just pray this prayer in your heart. Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to live my life on my own. I'm sorry for all the mistakes I've made in my life. I want to follow you. I want to make you the most important thing in my life. Would you come into my heart today? I accept you. I receive you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising out of the grave, that I might have eternal life. If you prayed that for the very first time, would you just slip up your hand real quick, just so I can acknowledge who I, we prayed with? We pray that for the very first time. Just slip up your hand. Thank you. So God, we just come into this time of worshiping you. And if we have fear that we've used things to mask things in our life, media, alcohol, drugs, oh, the list, could, overeating, sugar, the list could go on and on and on. These things, workaholism, overworking excessive working out oh God you can speak to our hearts on what it is but that we would say no longer are we going to be afraid but we're going to press into you let's stand to our feet and sing this together as the Lord puts it on your heart in our worship if he's spoken to you come and make this an altar and just spend some time with the Lord this morning